Hi everyone, welcome back to a brand new season of the Providence Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Christopher Tan, your host or rather co-host because today we're going to speak to Isaac who is going to be the new co-host for the Money Wisdom Podcast. So Isaac, a very warm welcome to this podcast. Hi Chris, very okay. excited to be here. Okay, so um, I'm excited also to find out more about you and to let everybody know more about you. So as a start, okay Isaac, tell us and tell everyone out there, what do you do at Providence? Okay, um, so I am an associate advisor at Provident, assisting our client advisors in serving our clients. So my daily duties mainly revolve around doing para planning work, mm. such as assisting in developing comprehensive wealth plans, mm. preparing financial reports, and also general administrative tasks. Right. The overall purpose of my role really is to learn more about Providence planning philosophy mm. and to learn and absorb as much as I can from client advisors that I am assisting. Right. So that eventually I will be able to be a full-fledged client advisor myself, mm. taking a leading role in serving our affluent clients. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe you can tell us, you know, mm. a, a bit more about on a day-to-day basis. How, how does it look like? Um, just very quickly, how does it look like uh, for you when you come to work on a day-to-day basis? So in general, when I come to work, uh, usually I will settle those general administrative tasks. Mm. And of course, I'll join in client meetings with uh, client advisors, taking okay. notes, uh, making sure that you know after the client meetings, we can have a discussion if there's mm. anything that was missed out. Mm. And of course, when uh, number crunching, mm. you know, when we collect um, information from our clients, we'll do the number crunching, we'll develop the plan mm. uh, together with the client advisor. Mm. And... Um, once that is checked off and then I will do I'll send it over to the clients mm. and um, just all the general administrative tasks right right yep. so you are not just here to be a para planner because you mentioned here ultimately you are training to be a full-fledged client advisor yes okay now um, also tell us a bit more I mean what is it about advisory work that really excites you I mean why do you mm. want to do uh, advisory work yeah so um, from the time I was in school until now, I find myself really interested in listening and helping people solve problems. Mm. So I love having long and deep conversations or what we used to call heart-to-heart talks mm-hmm. uh, with my friends mm. and sometimes from dusk to dawn, listening to their life updates. Wow, that's like 12 hours, yeah. dusk to dawn. <laughs> I mean, not 12 hours, okay. but like, you know, maybe four or five hours okay. until like 3, 3 a.m. maybe. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so listening to any um, problems they are facing. Mm. And one thing I notice about some of those problems is that even though they may seem similar sometimes, there really is no one right uh, solution or using a Singaporean term, 10-year series answer to any of them. Mm. There is always a degree of uniqueness about every issue, mm. be it issues with their family, friends, partner or work. Mm. Therefore, I always look forward to these sessions and never felt bored of it. Mm. I'm also someone who enjoys teaching. So um, when I was in the UK studying for my bachelor's degree, I was also appointed peer tutor for subjects that I was doing well in. Well, tell me about that. I mean, what, what do you do as a peer tutor? So um, I would go to class uh, maybe one hour earlier. Okay. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go to class and I'll meet up with uh, mostly international students that are not very comfortable with English okay and for the subjects that I'm that I'm doing well in um, you know I would just uh, answer any questions that they might have I or see. they might feel like um, during class is a bit 
um, you know difficult you know, to understand. Yeah, difficult to to ask. So they book you yeah. one uh, sort of like one hour before class. Is a yeah. is it an informal thing? I mean, or is a formal thing? Oh, it's a formal thing. Okay. Um, however, it really um, is voluntary on the students' part. Okay. So if they are, you know, if they are, if they are for example, if this week's topic uh, is something that they're struggling with, mm. then they will just give me a, a a call. So it's your peer. It's the same like people at the same level, same class uh, yeah. as you, or or can they be juniors or no? They have to be like your classmates. Um, typically, it's um, people in the same cohort, okay. uh, taking the same subjects, and, and and you know, so. You know, whatever that I'm teaching is actually something that is really new to me as well because we are in the same class. I it's see. just that uh, maybe in the in the assessment before uh, I did um, better than them, mm. uh, and that's why um, you know the lecturers were like, okay, you know, maybe you can just uh, have this platform to tutor them. So has it been has it ever been an uh, you know a situation whereby after tutoring them, they end up scoring better than you? <laughs> um. I don't know, maybe. Okay. Um, but the thing about university scores is, uh, they they tend to keep it quite private. But, oh, okay. Uh, if but if that's the case, like I'll be you know really happy because I okay. feel a very uh, strong sense of achievement every okay. time uh, my students uh, or rather my peers um, understand a topic that they were struggling okay. with initially. But they didn't come back and tell you like Isaac, you know, while you taught me this, so I got this score, you know, and then you realize that wow, actually they did much better than me. There wasn't a situation. Like um, that. The, those that came back to me, they like, they said they did well. Um, okay. Not not maybe um for those that came back like uh maybe close to my score, but you know they are thereabouts. But okay. Um you know when I when I hear that as long as they they get a grade that they are satisfied with, okay. Uh, uh, it's very um, you know it's very it feels very good. Yeah. Okay. So you sign up for it, right? I mean this is a volunteer basis, right? Nobody force you, right? Or or in the university you must do this or you don't graduate. <laughs> Yeah, so um, they asked for volunteers. So okay. uh, they they got a group of us who who did well in the assessments, okay. the initial assessments, and um, you know they said like, oh, this is uh, not mandatory, but right, if you are right. interested, you can participate. Right. So you you it seems like you are this kind of person, right? You said that you are the kind that you like to listen to people, uh, listen to their issues, listen to their concerns, and then you try and uh, sort of like give advice. Um, you like to teach. Um, you basically like to help people do well in life. Yeah, and uh, that contributed to your desire to do advisory work, la. Yeah. So uh, naturally, the industry that I felt I can do more of this is okay. within the advisory industry. Mm. Um, you know, to quote uh, Tim Mora, uh, personal finance is more personal than it is finance. Mm. So having the chance to connect with people from all walks of life and helping them achieve their unique life goals really piqued my interest. Right, right. Okay, so that's that's the reason why you want to do uh, advisory. I mean, but doesn't the whole stigma, you know, because advisory, you talk about advisory, financial planning and all that, right, in Singapore. Go tell people that you are in, you can call it wealth management, wealth advice, financial yeah. advice. Yeah. People say, are you selling insurance, is it? I mean, have you ever felt that way? Um, yeah, so that's why uh, I mean, uh, that really influenced my decision, you know, like, mm. okay, you know, if I um, don't want to just be selling insurance, maybe by joining uh, a bank, mm. you know, your banks have a wide variety of uh, product offerings, right. uh, maybe I can give a more holistic and proper advice okay. um, in, in, in the banks. Okay, yeah. so tell us a bit more, Isaac, I mean, uh, you are not 
a spring chicken, so-called in the industry. You're not new, new. Although you're quite young, but you're not new, new. You have been in this career for five years? Five years, yeah. Yeah, so tell us a bit more. I mean, what were you doing before you finally landed at Provident? Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned just now, I kick-started my wealth management career at a local bank okay. as a personal banker. Mm. So, uh, of course, after clearing my papers and getting licensed, I eagerly started, you know, uh, prospecting and meeting clients and was really motivated to do uh, the best I can for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so even though just now I mentioned that uh, banks do offer a, a quite, quite, quite a range large, of products, yeah, quite a range of products, right? Yep. Um, it was limited to products that the bank had partnerships with. Uh, and it didn't take long for it to dawn upon me that um, based on how the targets were set, there was a strong emphasis or focus on insurance product sales or structure or leverage products. Mm. Yeah. So um, as I gained more knowledge and understanding about financial planning and investments, I realized that these products, in my opinion, may not be the most efficient way for to clients, achieve. Huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the client's uh, goals. Uh, yeah. Okay. For the client's goals. Mm. Yeah. So after heavy deliberations, and you know, after all, um, this was the role that I felt like, uh, you know, I was born to do, and you know, something that initially I thought I would really mm. enjoy. Um, it was with a heavy heart that I left the client-facing advisory role. How long would you were you there? I was just there for that? just about a year. Yeah. Do you still remember how many clients you had? Oh, I can't remember because it's a very um high you know high turnover, high pace. Um, okay. You know, there's a lot of face time with many different clients. When you're at the branch, you have to serve uh, many walk-ins. Uh, we mm. do a lot of cold calls, etc. Did you yeah. feel that because you said you left with a heavy heart, right? Yeah. Did you feel that you let certain... I'm sure there'll be some clients after that one year that you probably struck a closer relationship with and then you have to leave. You know, did you feel that? Um, definitely. Um, the good thing is, even though I was there and um, I still did things as the best I can, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't uh, missell, I don't, don't churn. Uh, churn clients, mm. you know, I don't pitch an amount that they are not mm. comfortable with uh, investing. Um, however, you know, it, it is not, um, you know, when, when I was there, I felt like if I do this, if I do it this way, um, in terms of career progression, mm. I would probably uh, not go too far. Be stagnated, la, yes. Because I, I, I remember you telling me a story which is really quite impressive about how you decided to do what is right for the clients even though that you were, do, you were told to do something else, right? And you uh, had to reverse what uh, you initially did because you felt that it was better for the clients. La. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there are some instances where I, you know, after... Um, you know, if let's say I have uh, a joint appointment with with my with my boss, mm. um, I will have to after the after the meeting, I'll just give a call back oh. with to the client. I'm just like, oh, you know, actually, uh, there are other alternatives. Like, and, and this may not be the most suitable for you. Yeah, I can yeah. see why you're not gonna go very far la, in the <laughs> bank la, if you always do that la. But but yeah. just out of curiosity, right? I never asked you that. How did, how did the client react after that? It's like, hey, hey, but just now you told me to do this. Day. Now how come your boss not already? You're calling me back to do the, did they ever ever ask you um so the way i word it uh, was that oh you know maybe we, we you know upon f- uh, further thinking on second thoughts uh, yeah. but 
after the call they're usually very grateful okay. um that that i give them a call back and you know after i explain to them or oh, you know maybe this is not a good product and i explain to them why they're like oh yeah okay yeah so um yeah so how do i go about uh you know cancelling mm. or, or or not putting through uh, what they have bought lah. Mm. okay Well, sorry I interrupted you, but I thought you know I wanted to find out a bit more because uh, you know some of these things I I don't even know, right? So I ask you how, how the client the client must be like feeling a bit weird, you know? You sold me this product and then <laughs> the next minute you call me and say don't 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 yeah. do it. Okay, tell us more. Yeah, what what else were you doing before you uh, joined Provident? Yeah, so uh, after I left uh, this industry for a while, I secured a back office position at UBS Wealth Management. Okay. So it's still within the wealth management space, but um, you know, it's not really client facing. Ops so it's more la. ops and okay. processing. Yeah. Okay. So it was a great few years at UBS, uh, working at uh, as a corporate actions analyst. How many years? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years okay. over there. Yeah. Um, two years plus. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, corporate action analyst. So every time there is a corporate action announcement being made and all that, you have to respond. Ah, uh? uh, yes. Yeah, so like mandatory events, voluntary events. Like voluntary events would be uh, the main focus, lah, because okay. we have to get uh, clients' response. So a simple one would be when there is a dividend announcement from, let's say, uh, a local bank, for example. Okay. Then uh, the client has the option to take cash or okay. to reinvest. Yeah. So UBS must have paid you pretty well. But you only stay there for two years, ah. Huh? You yeah. didn't continue on. Yeah, yeah. Where do yeah. you go next? Okay, so um, yeah, you, you, the the pay was 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 decent, and uh, even though I enjoyed you know uh, working there with mm. my colleagues and and the work I did, um, I felt that as a career, you know, it's really not uh, my passion. Uh, from time to time, I would still be thinking about you know how I you know about meeting clients and 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 that's what. I really enjoy to do that. No chance for you to have those heart-to-heart talks with your oh, clients, yeah. la, Because you're in a back room, right? I mean, yeah. in a back office, right? So, no chance at all to give any advice, tell yeah. people what are the right things to do, and yeah. all that. Okay. Yeah. So you left. Yeah. So you know, Chris, as you know me, I'm a very uh, talkative person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, you know, I like I like talking, and in in the back room role, it's not really can uh, talk ideal. I'm uh, sure you are the most talkative in the back. Right? Yeah, yeah. But but whether it's detriment, it, it, it can be. Uh, it's not a bonus or rather not a strength to have. Yeah, uh, some people doing opposite that. Yeah. Isaac, shut up! Stop talking! <laughs> I need to focus on this transaction or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you move on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I moved on and and um, you know I I went. I was. It, it's not an easy decision, you know. Obviously, um, because not only uh, you know, I really had two years plus in the bank mm. as a. Uh, in my role, mm. so obviously the next jump would entail, uh, you know, maybe a twenty percent, thirty percent jump, uh, in pay, uh, and I know that when, you know, when I go back to the advisories, um, advisory space, yeah, uh. advisory space again, mm. uh, you know, I have to be more realistic with uh, my pay expectations, lah. Mm. But you decided way. to go anyway, lah. You decided to still move to advisory, lah. Yeah. So I was very, um, you know, it, I mean, I, I was. What held me back was like, okay, what if I go back, and I face the same thing again? Ah, uh, okay. You know the same dilemma that you faced in your first career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So what I was looking for is like maybe um, you know, something that I can do more ethical work lah. Okay. And then of course along the way, um, you know, I found out about uh Provident la, and okay. their fee only model. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you ended up uh with us ah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I mean, we are very glad to have you, but obviously there must be some reasons that make you choose us, right? So what made you decide to join Provident? Yeah, so the wealth advisory space in Singapore is mostly commission-based, uh, which I felt like, you know, based on vast experience, had an inherent conflict of interest. Mm. Um as high commission products are typically not what I believe is best for people. Mm. So to put it simply, um, what's good for me as an advisor um, may not always be good for you. Mm. Um, yeah, so this misalignment of interest made it hard for me to take the leap of faith and restart my um, advisory career. Mm. You know, um, so when I, interestingly enough, like when you know, when I was doing, when I was searching for a job, I noticed that, you know, in over, overseas, right, like mm. let's say uh, Australia or, or in the US, mm. um, uh, financial advisory is something that is, um, you know, quite well respected because most of the firms are actually um, fee only. Right. Yeah. So when I was doing my research, I was like, hey, you know, uh, Provident is one, one of, if not the only uh, fee only wealth advisory mm. in Singapore. Uh, so I still um, was still a bit unsure. Uh, so I started to You weren't watch. sure whether we are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, can't blame me, right? Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so what I did was I started watching a lot of uh, videos about Provident and, and really listened to uh, yourself, Evelyn, and, and a few of the client advisors. Um, you know, they were talking about how they view um, planning, financial planning. And mm. that was when I... I knew that Provident was the real deal. Mm. <laughs> so how has it been so far? I mean, you have been with us for slightly a, o over a year? Has yeah. it been slightly over a year? Slightly over a year, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't prep you for this question. Uh, and <laughs> you don't have to be diplomatically correct. Uh. How has yeah. it been so far, the journey with us so far? Uh, the journey has been great. Um, the work is really quite tough. I'm, mm. um, to be honest, like I am very shocked about um, how much work we, 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 we do for, for our clients. Mm. So for example, uh, we don't just, um, you know, just plug in the numbers, get, get, get some, 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 uh, some figures out and then we just say, like, oh, this is how much that you, you need to invest. Mm. You know, it, we really consider um, like how the clients, uh, how they make money decisions, how they are as a person, what mm. they view, you know, and like, so sometimes even though on a spreadsheet, like this is the right answer. Mm. But if you if they implement this so-called right answer, they mm. feel very uncomfortable. Mm. So we have to consider like how they deal with risk and mm. and you know growing up how um, their parents like taught them about money, etc. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. So I I remember Isaac when I first spoke to you when you first came uh, looking for me. Um, I mean you almost didn't join us. Yeah. Right. You almost joined a robo. <laughs> yes. Right, because you have a friend there, right? Yeah. So you were telling me that yeah, you really will want to join Provident, but uh, you want to go out there and get more clients first and have a book of assets. That was <laughs> what you said, right? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, why do you need to do that? I mean, but tell me, you know, why why did you feel that you needed to have a book of assets before joining us? Yeah, so it's embarrassing. It's quite embarrassing thinking about it, you know, after, you know, after working at Provident and really knowing how uh, Provident hires. But um, so I can be forgiven, but then because like in the industry, typically in the, especially in the uh, affluent wealth advisory space, mm. uh, typically how um, client advisors are hired is mm. based on 
um, the book of clients that they have. Right. Um, so I remember specifically saying that, um, Chris, mm. um, you know, I, I'm going to join an, another company, mm. and um, but my dream is always is still um, to 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 join Provident. Mm. So what I'll do is I'll um, get a book of clients, mm. uh, tens of millions of dollars, and then I'll be like, okay, yeah. So uh, I'll bring ready. them over to mm. to Provident mm. So hopefully you can accept me mm. And and the look on your face was like, huh, no, that's not what we mm. <laughs> that's not what we do here. So mm. I was like, oh, okay. Then you explain to me like. Um, you know how how your view hiring advisors, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, we have been doing this for the last twenty over years, la, And we have tried uh, all ways of hiring advisors. We have tried hiring from the industry, uh, financial advisors. We have hired bankers, you know, and all that. And then we realized that it is actually really tough to hire from the industry. And the reason why it is tough is because everybody comes with a certain baggage. They have a certain style of planning or selling, you know, and uh, all that. But, you know, being with us for one year, you know, we are a very planning focused firm, yep. right? We spend a lot of time planning and the learning curve is actually really steep. Um, we rather take someone actually young and train them from the start, uh, not just in the way we plan, but also, you know, um, inculcate in them, help them understand uh, our philosophy, uh, get them to be immersed in our culture so that they can absorb the DNA because it's not just competence. It's not just technical competence. It's not just knowledge. Yes, that's important. That's why we want to train you from young. But it's that whole DNA, that desire of wanting to do the right thing for the client, yeah. right? So that we can give them honest and independent and competent advice. So actually, we really prefer to hire, uh, for client advisors, right? We actually prefer to hire someone young, fresh. They, are, they have no baggages. Uh, we used to have this joke in Providence. It said, uh, in Mandarin, right? It's, uh, <laughs> don't, don't gonna poison too deeply, yeah. right? So that we don't have to reverse a lot of things, right? So we actually, we would not be very impressed if someone comes to me and said, you know, I've been working in this industry for the last 10 years and I've got 150 million worth uh, of uh, assets. Uh, and I want to join you. Uh, actually, I'm quite worried because I'm not sure how they get 150 yeah. million. Was it uh, being uh, recommended to the clients correctly? And then after that, they join us and then the philosophy is different. I have to unravel all those. Oh no. So um, we actually really like to hire young people. And you notice that a lot of uh, people we hire so far, they're all very unique. But... Uh, the one thing they have in common is that they have that very strong desire to do the right thing for the clients. Yeah. We hire based on that. Now, competence to us is hygiene, it's a, it's a given, right? But more importantly, is your passion, why you want to join us. So, um, I also remember, Isaac, you mentioned that um, you also want to contribute to your family la, because yeah. uh, you come from, a, a, I would say, an above average family. Uh, whereby you have your family have enough la, to do uh, some investments and uh, all that. Yeah. And you always have that desire to, in a way, contribute to the family, share opinion with your, your, your father, whom you respect very much. Yeah. Right? And that's also one reason why you want to be in this space. Okay. Maybe you tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So um, my, my dad started uh, a small business mm. um, around the time when I was born. Wow, that's almost 30 years ago. Yeah, 30 mm. years ago. Yeah, mm. so 
he he worked really hard you know as as i think you as can relate to that right? you know mm. as an entrepreneur you uh start a company from scratch and it really like takes out a lot of your time and even when you're home yeah you're, you're worried you know um as an employer um the mindset is a bit uh, different mm. because um the losses you have to take the losses right yeah. the losses you know for employee uh, yes you you may lose your job but you know most you may likely not lose your life savings but uh, yes. for your debt yes. he loses the business he doesn't just lose his income he loses yes, his correct. entire life savings yeah there's a lot of risks uh, involved you know when you rent a place and let's say there's no business you yeah. know the yeah yeah the The, the payment will still have to come right mm. yeah so it was, very, it was very stressful life and he worked really hard mm. and thankfully um his business uh, is doing quite well today mm. and uh, with that comes like more financial uh, comfort mm. uh, however you know when when they, I, I read this from a, a book from, from Morgan Housel mm. The Psychology of Money mm. so the traits that Um, help you achieve uh, success like help you gain wealth mm. uh, you know risk-taking uh, optimistic etc it's, it's actually completely different from the traits that uh, are required to keep your wealth mm. you know to be a good investor yeah mm. to be more uh, prudent mm. to be uh, a bit more pessimistic mm. Yeah, to so confront the brutal truth. Yes. Like, when you say pessimistic, <laughs> I mean you face it as it is. Yeah. You don't be overly optimistic. Yeah. Uh, but you confront the brutal fact. Yeah. 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 So um, what I want to do, you know, in my career especially is to not only obviously help our clients, but also personally by gaining knowledge and mm. you know I can guide uh, my family to 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 make sure that our wealth is efficiently um, invested and at preserved. the same time and preserved. Yeah. yeah. Because it's your heart, uh, it's your dad's hard-earned money, right? It's yeah. 30 years of uh, hard work. Yeah. Sometimes I do not know whether people in our industry realize that. Yeah. Uh, because they see the money, they see the wealth of their prospective clients. Yeah. They want a part of it and they want to sell them a product. Yeah. But I don't, re- I, I don't know whether they realize that that money that their prospective clients or clients have represents their hard work yeah. their dreams for the family right i don't know whether they see that because i think if we see that we would be a lot more careful yeah. in what we recommend to our clients yeah right because if that investment uh turn out to be doing very badly loses money to us is okay just too bad we have gotten our commissions ready right in yeah. the commission based world right But to the client, it can be losing all their lifelong savings, their dreams for the family. Actually, we destroy lives. Huh? So I don't know whether we, in our industry, we really, really, really realize. Yeah. Uh, so that. from my time here, you know, when I'm working, the the seniors, the senior client advisors always say, we we cannot afford to make one mistake. Mm. You know because. Um, yeah, you know, maybe in the commission uh, our world when you, you, you know, if you sell the wrong product and something that's not suitable, ah, okay, on to the next one. Mm. Uh, for us, we, you know, we realize the importance of being, you know, mm. uh, really very prudent when it comes to what we tell our clients, what mm. we advise our clients. Because one mistake, you know, in, in finance, especially for personal finance, you cannot make, 
you don't have the chance to make mm. mistakes after mistakes. Mm. Yeah, I'm so sure you had a front seat of that. I mean, you watch your father's hard earned money, and he oftentimes probably gets some advice from his advisors and uh, all that. You are the front. You are the, at the front seat. Like you realize yeah. that wow, this is my dad's hard earned yeah. money. Uh, And I suppose you want to be there to listen and contribute, lah. Also, your yeah. opinions to your your father, lah. Yeah. So I think a couple of years back, I'll be uh, I was joining uh, with him with all the the, the meetings uh, with the private banks, and uh, sometimes you know the products that they that they recommend, you know, mm. is 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 it's very complex, you know. Mm. And of course, as uh, you know. As human, we have ego, and we're like, okay, you know, sometimes we 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 ask a few questions, but we don't really want to ask too much because, like, you don't like, understand, yeah. but we don't want to tell people. We don't <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I have the a problem too, lah. Sometimes, if I ask, maybe they think I'm very stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know, all the structured products mm. and all these um, various complicated stuff, and um, you know, and even until today, you know, like with more experience, I realized that oh, actually, a lot of these products are unnecessarily. Mm. Complicated, complex, yeah, yeah, uh, or complex because they have to embed a commission or embed a layer of fees, a, a layer of fees uh, mm. within the within the products that they are building. You know, uh, because they have to earn something, right? In mm. in 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 a way. So by gaining more financial knowledge, and um, you know, I can really help guide my mm. my my family to to uh, against all those pitfalls, uh, mm. potential pitfalls that mm. that they might face. Um, yeah, so thankfully, um, you know, uh, you know, I've been joining in with, with 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 my dad to the client meetings, and you know, I can actually uh, tell him that you know this may not be the right product for you. Mm. Um, and yeah, so did your, in, did your dad listen? Oh yes, yes, okay, yes. Uh, most of the time, and, and that, uh, that makes you feel good as well, right? Yes, like he listens to your views yeah. and opinions. A part of it is because, like, I'm I'm in the industry as well, and mm. ever since I joined Provident in the affluence space, mm. um, so definitely I f- I feel that that really influenced um, um, you know his his trust in me, lah. You know, obviously I'm his son, he trusts sure. me, but like you know sometimes like like in terms of competency, maybe I wasn't there. Mm. Yeah, but now that I'm in this space, I have a better understanding. La. But, you know, he, he's always been very uh, good with money. Um, you know, he's, you know, he always like share with me like, oh, you know, my my $10 is someone else's $50. You know, he, he just always tells me that he knows how to stretch the dollar. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure your dad is very proud of you for what you have achieved so far. And I mean, I'm a father myself and, I can uh, say quite confidently that when you go into those meetings and your father sees you asking those questions and yeah. giving him those advice, I'm sure he's very proud of you, lah. That now my son has grown up, right, and now he is able to contribute to some of the decisions that I have to make, lah. Yeah. So, uh, he uh, in the past he used to have to deal with all this himself. Mm. Uh, thankfully, you know, he 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 didn't. Uh, get get he didn't accumulate a lot of these like really bad financial products, mm. uh, but I think it's very comforting for him to have uh, someone you know who can share this burden with him and mm. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So you are going to be the new co-host for Money Wisdom, right? Yeah, uh, the first host after me, right? So <laughs> big shoes I mean, to fill. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I told you that I didn't do much. Like the first season, I did nothing but just reading from the book that I. Have returned, but this second season promises to be a lot more exciting because we're going to have a lot more interviews. You're going to speak to important people, influential people, and you're going to be part of it. How does that make you feel? 
a little bit nervous to be honest, but definitely very excited. Um, like during my free time, I always listen to many different podcasts and what struck me the most was how different each were. So as the host, I get to set the tone and the style of the podcast. Mm. So it's really exciting for me. And also being the co-host of this podcast, I will have the chance to sit down with many internal and external experts to talk about a wide range of topics mm. that matter to most people, mm. such as what underpins our insurance and investment philosophy, and also how we integrate CPF into our planning methodology, mm. etc. Mm. Yeah. You know, I've been doing interviews for quite a while. I mean, I interview people. Uh, the one thing uh, I can tell you is that we are in a very privileged position because we have a chance as a host yeah. to really go into um, a part of our interviewee's life uh, and be able to get that out and share it with people. I find that to be the most rewarding, you yeah. know, because yeah, we can share all those technical bits, how do you invest your money, you know, and all that, but actually we learn most from stories and we learn more from the experiences of uh, other people. Yeah. yeah. And we have a chance through our skills, through our questions to be able to get that out from our guests and really apply their experiences uh, to our lives. I find that yeah. to be the most uh, exciting. Yeah. So, well, I think everybody looks uh, forward to you hosting the Money Wisdom Podcast and uh, yeah, we're excited for you. Not just uh, being a host at Money, Wis uh, Money Wisdom, um, but also being an associate advisor and finally becoming a full-fledged uh, client advisor. Uh, I don't think it will take very long. Uh, you will have a Hopefully. chance to meet <laughs> clients and uh, advise them. So once again, thank you, Isaac. Uh, thank you for accepting this interview and also hosting the Money Wisdom podcast. So uh, to everyone out there, I hope you have enjoyed this episode, our interview with Isaac. And if you feel like you really enjoy this episode and you really enjoy our, our podcast so far, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media uh, for similar contents. And as always, thank you so much for listening to us and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you, everyone. All analyses, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any use of the information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.